0: I'm a local loan officer in West Palm Beach, Florida. I've been in the mortgage industry for the last eight years. I've worked in the industry throughout the country. I've closed over a thousand loans during my career, so I've seen it all. I'm on a mission to make mortgages both entertaining and educational. Welcome to Lending with Leah. This is the podcast for anyone who is thinking about owning in the process of buying or even owns their own home. Wow. So, this is actually uh, not only my first podcast, but my first episode. So, I'm here at House Studios in Wellington, Florida. They are helping me put this whole thing together. And, you know, being just perfectly honest with you guys, I'm a little nervous to be here. So, but at the same time, I'm so excited and I feel like I have such a wealth of knowledge that I just wanted to share with all of you guys. So my name is Leah Bunning. I'm a licensed mortgage loan officer and I'm your host. And when it comes to mortgages, I mean, there's a lot of things with mortgages, right? Like they're kind of boring. Like they're not that fun. Like who thinks of a mortgage? And it's like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Not really. But mortgages, they're a fantastic tool. Even though they're debt, it's a good debt. It's a great tool. And so to make this a little bit uh, easier to swallow and easier to digest, I really am kind of on a mission to make mortgages both educational and entertaining at the same time. Because if it's entertaining, you're going to listen to it. So why should you guys listen to me? Like, who is this girl? What does she know? Is she just pulling something off the internet? Is she really qualified to give me information on mortgages? Yes. And with this being the first episode too, I really wanted to go into, you know, the whole obligatory, get to know you, this is who I am, a little bit about me, how I got my start in the industry, um, you know, and we'll just kind of go from there. So I got my start in the industry, believe it or not. Uh, it was not my dream to be in mortgages. Like, and I don't think anyone who actually ends up in this career field when they're younger, they're like, yeah, oh my gosh, I dream of being a mortgage loan officer. I don't think that's the case. I think most of us kind of fall into this business in this industry just kind of by happenstance. Uh, it's definitely how it ended up for me. So it was back in July, 2014. So a little bit over eight years ago is when I got my start in the business. No desire, no desire to get into the mortgage business whatsoever. Uh, I actually was going to school, I was in my undergrad, and I was going to school for psychology. I wanted to be a marriage and family therapist. Nothing, nothing to do with mortgages. So how did I actually end up getting into mortgages? Well, as I was going to school, I was also selling jewelry at the time and gone up about as high as I wanted to. And I wanted a backup career while I was going to school for what was going to be my real career. And I had a family friend, and I just kind of put some feelers out there. And I was like, you know, I'm really looking for... A career um, not what I'm gonna do forever though you know just something that I can do and grow in while I'm going to school and I had this family friend and she comes to me and she's like well I'm a, a manager for a mortgage processing division and um, I need a paper pusher you want to be a paper pusher and learn the business And I said heck yes I do so That is how I got my start. Uh, I actually came on to this company and I was the assistant to the processing assistant. So when I say paper pusher, I really mean paper pusher. I knew nothing about the mortgage industry, but I was keen and ready to learn. And the piece that I came into, so there's kind of two areas to the mortgage business. There's new construction, which is going to be your new build homes, and then retail, that's all your existing homes. So I got my start in the industry in the new construction area. So I was actually working um, with a joint venture, and that is basically where there's a builder, and then there's a mortgage company, they come together, they co-create a new company, and a lot of the builder's business gets funneled through um, this joint venture. So I had two and a half years of experience initially, specifically dealing with new construction homes. It's a different animal from dealing with your retail or your existing homes. So got into this business, paper pusher, learning, and I remember telling my manager, who was also my family friend, I really want to learn. I don't want to stay doing this. Like, teach me. And I I was good at it. I don't know what else to say, it just it kind of flowed, it clicked for me, and uh, quickly moved up from being a paper pusher to a processing assistant, and then as I learned that role uh, very early on was promoted to a full-fledged processor. Now, for any of you that don't know what a processor is, a processor is someone after your loan goes to an underwriter the processor is going to reach out to the client, they're gonna gather documents, help put together the loan, um, and just kind of be that liaison between a bunch of different parties and help you get to that final stage of a clear to close. So that's what I did for two and a half years. I was actually living in Arizona and did loans in a few different states across the country. Well, after two and a half years, I decided I did not want to be in Arizona anymore. So I knew I wanted to move, and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna pick a state. So I picked North Carolina. Had never been there before in my life. Um, I picked Charlotte, and I was like, I'm gonna go out to Charlotte, North Carolina. And backtracking a little bit to how mortgages were my uh, Backup career. So at this point, I had finished my undergrad degree in psychology and I was actually working on my master's in psychology. Taking a little bit of a different route, I was going to study business psychology. So, still at this point in life, there's mortgage is still the, the backup career, and psychology is going to be the real career. I go out to North Carolina. I end up interviewing at a few places, and I make the switch from being a processor for a new construction division to a processor for retail real estate. And again, remember, retail real estate is just homes that are already existing, different animal. So I did that for a couple years while I was in Charlotte, just really continuing to hone in on my craft, learn the business, working on numerous different types of loans and ended up making a switch to a new company and was working as a processor at their corporate office. And I was processing for a sales team out in Florida, uh, specifically Sarasota, Florida. And after about a year, I, uh, one of my top loan officers that I was working for, he gives me a call around thanksgiving time and he says leah i'm getting ready to switch companies i love working with you so much i want you to continue being my processor uh, but i want you to do it here in florida and actually be in my sales office so i'm going to pay you to move to florida and uh by the way you got to decide you got about two days to decide so that was a lot of news, but I decided to take him up on the offer. Something personal about me, I was actually, um, had just gone through a divorce in North Carolina, so there wasn't really much there for me. And I was like, you know what, why not move to Florida? I've always wanted to live by the beach, and let's just continue to grow my career. And so, hmm probably was, it was New Year's Eve 2018, I think. I ended up coming to Florida, by the way, had just finished my master's degree too in psychology. But at this point in time, things had shifted a little. So my backup career was now becoming my full-time career and something that I started to envision that I could do more of Uh, and this kind of became my main focus. So when I got to Sarasota, I was a processor for a little bit and then I decided I wanted to learn more. So I decided to get my NMLS license, studied for that, passed with flying colors and didn't do a whole lot with the license because I was still processing. But after a little while, I decided that I really wanted to learn the loan officer role or the sales role to the mortgage industry. I wanted to originate my own loans and go get my own business. So I made a switch to a new company and became a loan officer assistant. I figured this was a great way to really start learning that side of the business before I went full steam ahead. Did that for about a year and a half, and then I was getting ready to move from Sarasota to West Palm Beach the opposite coast yes I kind of move around all over the place Some big moves in life and when I was moving over I got a call from uh, someone I would consider my mentor and he calls me and goes Leah I hear you're moving to West Palm Beach and I'm like yeah yeah I am I am and he goes well, I happen to be opening up a joint venture and we happen to need a loan officer and it happens to be in the place you're moving to at the same time you're moving there. Are you interested? And I was like, oh, of course I'm interested and absolutely terrified because now I'm finally stepping out from being a loan officer assistant to a full-fledged full fledged loan officer in a whole new place. Uh, whole new environment, whole new business, and did this during the lockdowns in March 2020 when everything was shut down from COVID. Best decision I ever made. And ever since then, I have been a mortgage loan officer, originating my own business, helping people get homes and get loans, and I absolutely love it. My time throughout the business, I think, has really prepared me to be a great loan officer. I've closed over 1,000 loans in my career. There's not a lot of loan officers that can say that, and I really have to pay homage to the fact that my background was in processing. So I really learned how to put together a loan first um, before learning how to essentially sell loans and help people find the products that work best for them. So that's a little bit about me, my background, why you guys should listen to me, and now to kind of tie this all in together. So one more thing about me, my favorite holiday is Halloween, and in the spirit of Halloween in October, today I'm going to debunk five scary mortgage myths. (laughs) So myth one, and this is probably a pretty common myth that most people hear. Myth one, you need 20% for a down payment. Oh my gosh, it could not be more wrong than that. Uh, Sure, maybe in some cases you might need 20% for a down payment, depending on the type of loan, um, or if you're buying an investment property compared to a primary residence, But in most cases, you don't need 20% to put down. So there's lots of options out there, especially if you are going to be buying your primary home, that's a lot less. For example, there's the FHA loan. And also, FHA loans are not first time home buyer only. That's not one of the myths, but that is one I hear too. So anyone can get an FHA loan and that's gonna be a minimum of 3.5% down. sounds a lot better than 20% down if you ask me. And then there's the conventional loan. A lot of people think maybe 5% down. Yes, that is what you see kind of typically. But did you know on conventional loans, sometimes you can also put as little down as 3%. That's even less than FHA. Not a lot of people know that, but hey, certainly better than 20. And then if you are a veteran or you serve in our armed sources, armed sources, wow, armed forces, <laughs> then you actually don't have a down payment at all. So the VA loan is 100% financed, no down payment. And okay, so let's say you're doing FHA or conventional, three and a half, maybe three to 5% down. Did you know there's also some down payment assistance programs out there that can even help further with that down payment? Wow. So I've actually done some loans for people using this down payment assistance program. Got part of their down payment and or closing costs covered. And if they got a seller to give them a credit to help with closing costs, some of these people didn't have to bring any money to close on a home. That's huge. You know, so don't let a lack of not having a huge savings stop you from trying to get a home. And myth two, you have to have stellar credit. Mm, No. (laughs) Now, when it comes to credit, what you might see is that there are going to be some banks or maybe mortgage companies out there, they might have what we call overlays to the guidelines. What an overlay is, is it just means they're putting additional requirements on top of what agencies require. Agencies are gonna be your FHA, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, those oversee conventional loans, the VA. So those are your agencies. Now FHA, you can go as little as, as little or as low as 580 on your credit if you wanna put three and a half percent down. But it doesn't stop there. A lot of people don't know FHA, you can actually go as low as 500 on your credit score. Now, if you go below that 580 mark though, your down payment will go up it won't be three and a half percent it is ten percent down at that point in time but i mean you could still get a home even with a 500 credit score and in fact i have actually done a couple loans for some clients that were between 520 and 540 and they were still able to get a home and the va va actually technically has no minimum credit score. You'll hear a lot, 580, 580, 580, but technically they don't have a minimum. As long as you meet all the other VA guidelines, there's technically not a minimum credit score. So if your credit's not the best or it's subpar, or even if it's kinda bad, you might still be able to get a home. So don't let your credit score stop you from at least trying and seeking out information to see if it might be possible for you to get a home. And myth three, a prequal is the same thing as a pre-approval. I hear this one all the time. So I'll have clients call and they're like, I want a prequal. And I'm like, well, mm, me personally... Me personally, I don't do not do pre Why? Because a pre-qualification really doesn't mean much. And the reason it doesn't mean much is because a pre-qualification is simply just you filling out an application, a mortgage company, or your loan officer doing a credit poll, maybe not even a full credit poll, potentially just a soft credit poll. And then giving you a piece of paper that says You can buy a home at this price with this type of loan. Mm, That is terrifying. There are so many things that can go wrong when you're getting a home and with paperwork and having an underwriter verify things that you probably want some of that stuff verified up front. And that's what a pre-approval is. So a pre-approval starts, same thing as a pre-qualification, right? You fill out an application. Now we're going to do a full credit poll. We're not going to do a soft. We're going to do a full one, full credit poll. And then we get supporting documents. Now, supporting documents at a very basic level, you know, asking for things such as pay stubs, maybe your last couple years, W-2s some bank statements, verify you got some money to close, and then I want to verify your identity as well. Now, give or take, we might ask for a little more, a little less. It depends on your specific situation and what that looks like. But really the point of a pre-approval is that I want to take some of the guesswork out and that when I give you this piece of paper that says you can go and you can buy a home for this amount, I want you to actually be able to get the loan for that amount. So that's what a pre-approval is. And if your loan officer is doing it correctly too, at the pre-approval stage, they should also be running your loan through an automated underwriting system, making sure you're getting an approval there as well. This just gives you a little bit more peace of mind and is going to help avoid roadblocks and things coming up. So remember, Pre-qual, pre-approval, two different things. You don't want the pre-qual, you want the pre-approval. Myth four, never get an ARM loan. Now what's an ARM loan? An ARM loan is going to be a adjustable rate mortgage. Eek. Scary. And after the crash in 08, I think everyone has been taught that ARM loan's bad, stay away from them. They're not good. They're scary. They're predatory. You guys, not the case. This is a myth. Now, is an arm loan the perfect loan option for everyone? Absolutely not. But you need a loan officer who knows about the arm loan, who can help you differentiate between, hey, is an arm loan or a fixed rate mortgage? Is there one that's going to fit your situation better? Now, at this point in time where we are in the economy, I hate to be the breaker of bad news, but we are not in an era where interest rates are in the twos and the three percents anymore. We are in a rising interest rate market, and a lot of places you're seeing interest rates currently, you know, six, seven, maybe even upwards of eight percent. That's high, and that's going to kind of erode away some of your buying power. Now where an ARM loan might come in to be a benefit to you guys is that you get a lower initial starting rate. In a lot of cases, ARM loans are going to have a fixed period too. So you might be able to do an ARM loan that before any adjustments start on it, you have a five year fixed period. Hmm, To be able to take a lower interest rate for the first five years, That may not be a bad idea, and especially interest rates, they go up and down and up and down, and there's a decent chance that within the next five years, interest rates might come back down, and then you're in a great position to do a rate and term refinance into a fixed rate mortgage and really lock in a lower interest rate for the length of your loan. Not a bad thing if you're looking to save money and if you're looking to kind of get away from some of the high rates that we're seeing in this market. And lastly, myth five that I'm going to go over is that you have to be on your current job for at least two years. I get this one all the time. People will call me and they're like, oh, Leah. I don't think I can get a mortgage right now. I just started my job, like, I don't know, maybe a month ago. And the first question I always ask is, mm, you self-employed or are you W-2? Because if you are self-employed, in almost all cases, you are going to have to have that two years. But if you're W-2, mm, not necessarily, <laughs> So that's the first question I'm gonna ask. Are you W-2 or are you self-employed? If you're W-2, I say, great. Now, I know you just started this job 30 days ago, but prior to this job, do you have a two-year employment history, maybe within the same field or kind of the same line of work as to what you're doing now? And most of the time they say, yes, I do. And then I say, Great, you don't have to wait two years to get a mortgage. We can use the income from your current job and use that for qualifying. Not a bad gig. And when it comes to employment, that whole two years, that it is going to vary a little bit depending on the type of employment. You know, are you contract? Do you have commission, overtime bonuses? There are little rule, rules and nuances around that but really if we get basic with it, if it's just hourly or even a salary base rate of pay, in almost all cases, you can use it even though you may not have a full two years at that specific job. So that is five different mortgage myths that we debunked today. And they're not as scary as they might have seemed, right? Not too bad. And I just want to thank you guys for coming out, listening to my first podcast, my first episode. There's gonna be so much more to come. and you know, I really hope that you guys enjoyed it and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. My handle is Lending with Leah. Or you can call me today to discuss your specific situation if you have any questions. It is always free and confidential to talk to me.